For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Believe in the Arizona Cardinals. We are back again, and we, I mean, we're in a good mood. I, I like being wrong. I am Javon J. Love Adams, and, and beside me, as always, is the one and only Ed Easy Smith, former professional baseball player. I will say that this is his time of the year where he loves sitting in front of the TV watching baseball, but that's kind of, it's kind of true, but it's also kind of a lie. But anyway, and he's also a former professional football player, played in the NFL for the it's the Eagles, the Redskins, the Lions, the Falcons, of course. No, but sometimes you're off that narcotic. <laughs> so we might talk about that. And then I got, I got off. Yeah, you got off. You got the XFL. You've got the World League. Yeah, I can't. I can't because you, cause your body, your body, uh, your body took all those shots, took all those hits. So I definitely can't, can't. Uh, I got to get some stories and tales about uh, about your being over in the world. Well, I got some for you. I know you do. I got some for you. So we do this every week. We are uh, we are a podcast that that covers the Cardinals here in the Phoenix market. One of the cool things is that we are talking about a win streak. We haven't been able to talk about that so far. We talked about a win last week, and so that was cool, but now we're on a win streak. It's official. The Cardinals won. I mean, it was a blowout. No, it wasn't. It was 34-33. The Cardinals ended up pulling it out over my partner's former team, the, the Atlanta Falcons. I wanted to get your thoughts on that game, and then also along those lines, Kingsbury seems to be willing to adjust his air raid offense I've heard on, on one of the local radio stations, Ron Wolfley call it the pro raid instead of the air raid. And then the defense still seems to be flawed. They gave up a lot of points that got that allowed the Falcons to get back in the, in the game. We know that Patrick Peterson is back. Uh, does it, it's interesting how sometimes when you're when you're thrust into the spotlight, kind of thrown to the fire, thrown to the wolves, how you can you can flourish. And so some of those those quarterbacks were able to do that. And then the New York Giants are coming up. They're going to the Cardinals are going to be actually they're going to be on the road for a few weeks here. So I don't think they come back until sometime in November. I haven't looked at the schedule. I did see. Yeah, it feels like, like, it, feels like it has been a little home heavy to start. Yeah, so we'll see how sense. that goes. So your thoughts on the game and how it played out. The Cardinals ended up pulling it out, but your thoughts on how that game went. You know, I, I think it was a any any win in the NFL is a good one. I don't care who you're playing, uh, you know what the circumstances are. A win is a win is a win, and that's how I feel with this you know victory we just had this past week. Um, the, I was more disappointed, and it's crazy to say that I was more disappointed in the Falcons. It was almost they didn't want to put up a fight to begin with, and the Cardinals looked really good. Um, they you know, ran the ball decent. Uh, Kyle Murray is always is very protective with the ball. Um, you know, spread spread the wealth a little bit. Running game never got into shape, but you know they found themselves up uh, going into the second half and and then proceeded to just almost like they felt guilty for beating the Falcons. So they were like, "Hey, we'll give you a few. You know, you, when you're playing with your son Elijah, we're playing, <laughs> and you know, I've done this a few times with my son Quentin. We're playing a yeah. video game or something like that. And it's like I feel a little bad, so 
I, I ease up on him, let him back in. Right. Sometimes I even let him win. And the Cardinals almost did that. They almost let him win because if you yeah. think about it, the Falcons had the momentum, you know, for a second half flurry. And the only thing that stopped them was a missed extra point by one of the most reliable dudes in all of, you know, football as far as the number years he's been Tony. kicking. And so that was, I guess it was a karma in a good way for the Fal- or, uh, Cardinals or karma in a bad way for Falcons. Yeah. But either way, you know, we we played decent. I know we'll go into different aspects, you know, quarterback running, uh, play calling, et cetera, et cetera. But, you know, to come away with the win, uh, not, no shame in who you beat. Uh, I will remind everybody, though, for everybody, because I've been listening to a lot of people, like, hitting the drum right now. Yeah. And we have won two in a row. Yes. We're two, three, and one. Yes. We beat two teams with a combined record of one and nine. I hear a butt coming. <laughs> yeah. So there you go. Yeah, so it's... That is true. You got to beat the people that are on your schedule, yeah. but that and that's true. It, it's what's interesting to me is when you look at this game. So the Cardinals ended up finishing with what 102 rushing yards in this game. Kyler Murray 340 yards passing, no interceptions. Mm-hmm. What was also good was no sacks as well. Yeah, and there, and there was a misnomer for for the first few weeks of the season that he was those sack numbers. And uh, I heard it when they were speaking on it uh, one day on ESPN. As if he was getting hit a lot. No, he was just taking sacks. He was taking sacks. Running yeah. out of bounds, that counts as a sack mm-hmm. if you're, if you're behind the line of scrimmage. A couple times with the twist-around move. Exactly, exactly. He had an interesting twist-around move this week, yeah. this past week, that ended up uh, resulting in a completion. But one of the things I really noticed about him, and I know that you've pointed this out before, and there have been other people that have pointed this out as well, he has a very quick release. I mean, oh, he, he's yeah. just, boom, and it gets out there. A very but, smooth, yes. quick and smooth release. Yes, it interesting game. It, the the offense. I want to maybe just do a do a little bit of a transition to the way that this played out. More tight ends are being used. Maybe that's because Christian Kirk was out. But even more to the point is that Cliff Kingsbury seems to be trying to find a little bit of his rhythm, or I should be able to say he seems to be willing to adjust and maybe listen to those coaches that are around him. He's not, and I think I alluded to this last week, but he's not trying to be the guy that tries to fit the square peg into the round hole. We know what he wants to do. You hear about that 10 personnel. When somebody says 10 personnel, what does that mean? One one running back, zero tight ends, all wide receivers. So that's the kind of thing that he wants to run, but he doesn't necessarily have the personnel for that right now. And, And it, I think that that's going to probably have to be an adjustment where maybe that that is more the exception than the rule, but he'll find he'll still be able to find success by maybe being able to take some of these tight ends that are on the roster and using them in a different way, deploy them in a different way. But your thoughts on Kingsbury being able to, because we're going to touch on the deficiency of the defense that kind of goes back into this Falcons game as well, but you're on Kingsbury seeming to be willing to to be a little bit pliable, a little flexible. I will say this jokingly. Um, okay. <laughs> you know, is, is, is the reason he got the job in the first place, I'm joking everybody, uh, was because he knows Sean McVay, right? Right. So right now, what's going on out there in L.A. with the Rams? A little bit of scuffling going on. Yes, sir. And he might be taking notice of that, meaning, you know, even though you're coming with a plan and this is how we do it and I'm going to – and maybe even just, you know, over the first couple of weeks or so looking at himself in the mirror, then you look across at maybe one of your people you pattern yourself around, yes. and you're seeing that, wow, they can struggle, or, they, or I can obviously see they need to make adjustments and they're not doing it. Yeah. That's why, and maybe that a light went off in his head, because 
He seems like the type of guy, he's got his own personality thing, but I guarantee you, which most coaches do, when they have somebody they know or kind of believe in somebody's system, they'll go pick here, pick there. And I guarantee you, for the most part, he's got a lot of interest in what's going on out in L.A. because he has kind of the same tag on him. He's like this supposed genius, the innovator, the this, the that. Mm -hmm. And right now, after the first few weeks, Cardinal football, we were, we were all we were shaking our head thinking, wow, this dude, this is it? Yeah. yeah. This dude doesn't look like no hamburger. <laughs> 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 well said, well said. So, we, you know, so he, I think he's doing the right thing, obviously, because we all know when you're, if you're successful at something, you always need to be adjusting. Yes. yes. If you're not successful at something, you really need to be adjusting. And I think he's kind of seeing that. And, you know, and good for us out here uh, in Cardinalland because if he can do that and take the tools and, you know, they can get him some more things to play with, you know, position players, show up that offensive line, et cetera, et cetera. You have to trust that the GM is going to get you those pieces, and I just don't know if I trust that. Mm, yeah. that, might, that might be. Well, I mean, that's a whole, yeah. yeah that's that's, a, hey, when, that's we get to, when we get to the off season and we're doing all the – you know, the, the draft, draft and, yes. and all that, yeah, and free agency, that's when we can, we can really hit that up. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, along those lines, when we're, if we're talking about Kingsbury, then we, we definitely have to talk about Kyler Murray. It seems that, I would imagine that he's trying to drill into it. You tell me, coming from being a former player, that I would imagine your position coach, maybe your offensive coordinator, is trying to drill into each each. Each player, based upon the position, this is what we need you to do. We need you to stop doing this, Ed, and we need you to do this more. So they have to be drilling that into Kyler Murray's head in terms of, look, we need you to, it's okay to just throw the ball away, which he's been doing a lot, a lot better job mm -hmm. of. It's okay to, um, we want you to run. It's okay to run. Do that. We want to we wanna be able to utilize you uh, to the best of your ability, to the best of your ability and our ability. Are those the kind of things that the conversations that happen during the... Oh, yeah. Well, you know, the quarterback position is very unique in that, one, it's the most important position on the football field, and that's offensively and defense. That's the entire team. Right. So I know you're always looking for your franchise guy. The other thing about the position is such a small group, you know, meaning in a typical meeting room, you'll have, obviously, the, the franchise, the starting quarterback... You'll have nowadays only a backup and then somebody on the uh, practice squad. Right, right. Teams aren't carrying three anymore like they used to back in the day. But even if you're carrying three, you got the, the practice squad guy, so four max. Yeah. The unique thing about the quarterback position is the starting quarterback, everything is emphasized for him. Now, the other guys, they have to follow along with the game plans. You know, nobody ever goes into a game plan for. We have what we're doing with our starter, and then if he comes in, we got a backup game plan for our. Usually, it's the game plan that week, yeah. and that's it. Yeah. So you know, obviously, you can you know smash the glass and grab the the hammer or whatever in case of emergency. But yeah. you know, so in saying that, the quarterback is that position where they're trying to every day is a learning experience from one. Yeah. They are you know the game. It starts out in the offseason. They give you the whole umbrella, and they say, "Here's all the stuff." Then you get to the season, it's all about game planning week to week and making those adjustments. And they're probably talking to them, you know, we want to increase this, we want to do a little less of this, and get them into that mode where the game starts to slow down for them. And in the beginning, man, I'm telling you, even as a tight end, I was swimming. But as a quarterback, where you have to know not just your position, but everybody else's position and responsibility on the field, yeah. as well as what you're looking at across from you that's adjust, that's changing at all times. So with that position... 
Yeah, like I said, he thus far, and I'll, I'll say this, I'm, I'm very impressed, one, with his calm demeanor, demeanor um, his, you, you pointed out earlier, he throws the ball like nobody else. He, yeah, he it looks like it just, when he throws it, the receivers-wise, it looks like it just melts into their hands. It's like a big piece of chalk, you know, sticky chalk. <laughs> but here's the thing, I'm doing guys who threw balls, and they're like catching either a rubber ball or like a brick. Yeah, I mean, because they're trying to throw it too fast, right? He's yeah, five yards he away from nice you when he's trying to laser it yeah. in there, right? Even his long balls, he gets a little, you know, I, I, some of this is because, we always go back to this, I'm not picking on his height. A lot of times he has to elevate his passes, right. whereas like a Brady or somebody that's 6'4", they can look over top and boom, you know, where his sometimes. But his touch has been really impressive along with other aspects of his game. But, you know, to answer your question, go back to it, yes, they are working on a lot of different things week to week. Speaking of a lot of different things week to week, one of the things that sticks out to me, as I mentioned earlier, they had 102 yards rushing in, in the game against the Falcons. So obviously they won. But here's one of the things that I want to point out. Okay, go ahead. Minus 32 because those were Kyler Murray's rushes. So yes. basically they, they had 102. But basically, if you think about it, the dudes that are supposed to be running the ball. Speak on it. 70 yards. We must 70. be getting cool. I was thinking the same thing as you, dog. I mean, that's thing. like if some, hey, that's like, um, <laughs> like, you know, our team hit uh, 50 home runs this year. How many do you have? I had two. <laughs> somebody else, somebody else hit 48. You know, exactly. And, what I'm, and I, I bring that up because I'm man. I'm and I know David is getting the bulk of his in the pass game, but come on, man. Yeah. They call it running back for a reason. Uh, yeah. You, yeah. If, if they want to change it to a wide receiver, just go ahead and give him a instead of looking for a 31, go ahead and get 81. Yeah, he I mean, wants something like that. <laughs> because when you look at it, uh, David Johnson had 34 yards rushing, but. On 12 attempts, 12 carries, but one of those was along for 17. So if you take that out, that's 17 minus 34, that's 17. Ooh, I so that. 11 divided by 17, that's not really good. Ooh. I ain't going to do the quick math, but that's just not good. I, you know, you, you, we are right here, man, because that, yeah, that, yeah, that is breaking it that we you breaking it down even further than I did, and I didn't even realize that myself. I didn't look at what his long was. Yeah, and so that's a chunk. That's half a yard in one play. Conversely, Chase Edmonds, five carries for 34 yards. So mm-hmm. that's about that's a little over eight yards per carry. Yeah. So or a little under that's about seven little, about seven yards a carry. Sorry about that. Yeah. So you there has to be an adjustment at some point in time. At some point in time, because one of the things that, to understand is that David Johnson is still highly productive because with running and passing yeah. in there. So yeah. he's yeah. he's yeah. at the top yeah. in terms of he's in the, in the definitely in the top third, definitely top ten in terms of when you combine rushing and passing in terms of his production. But there has to be some type of shift that you would think at some point in time as the season wears on, you would imagine. Well, you would imagine. The problem I have with that is a lot of it's going to be dictated by how soon they abandon the game plan, meaning certain games on the schedule, like even now they're going over to play the Giants. Giants look has looked better. This is obviously a, going to be a real test for the Cardinals uh, to go in there. We'll get into that in a minute, but... What I'm saying is a lot of their games, they're going to be playing from behind, depending. We still got to play Seahawks again. Yes, sir. We got to play Rams twice, I think. Yes, sir. Remember, and we got to play, yeah. we got to play 49ers yeah. twice. Yeah. So you're talking about that's six, that's five games right there that, you know, they're going to be probably scrambling from behind. And what I'm, the reason I bring it up is because, honestly, the game plan, the, it, his touches are going to be dictated by how much we're behind and how fast we're behind. And... That could be an awful lot. At the same time, I think they should go into each game thinking we're going to pound this rock in different ways. 
get him outside, run him inside, maybe a little trickery and stuff like that every now and then. But right. thus far, I'm not seeing. And I and I, I keep. I'll go back to this. How many times during this preseason and up to this point, where I said I just don't like his fit and his style. I love him as a player. Right. Imagine if he was in uh, New England yeah. or uh, yeah. Green Bay or certain places where they emphasize the run and everything's off play action. Whereas this, the, I mean this. Pistol slash everything and 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 I think they went one time once or twice in a, like a short yardage, him up, you know Kyle Murray on the center and and let's move forward. But it's I, I'm just still not sure whether he's a great fit for this uh, Kyle for this um, air raid offense. So along those lines, let's, I want to ask this just just a random question because you mentioned in terms of the running game. What is your philosophy on when you should abandon the run? Because sometimes teams abandon it too fast. Yeah, sometimes yeah. they maybe stick in there too long. When's a good time? But when you're down by X amount, or at what point in the game is it? Is it? Do you think it's it's wise to abandon your running? That's game? an interesting question because I don't. It's definitely score dictates, uh, but it's a combination of score slash time remaining in the game. You're down twenty one in the first quarter, which has happened. We've seen it, right? Yes, we that's have. way too early to be abandoning run game because okay. you still have to establish. And then use the run game to create opportunities in the pass game. Okay. You, we saw that earlier in the year when Kyle, the first with the Kyle threw the ball how many times? And we were like, holy cow. Right. And same thing with uh, L.A. when they had golf for, what, 60-some-odd times Ooh. or so, whatever it was? Yeah, we know that was a bad idea. Yeah. yeah, I mean, you have to stick with it until it's too late to stick with it, meaning yeah. we're getting into early, late in the second half, and, hey, we need two or three scores time to – you know, but here's the thing: you still take it when you see it. Meaning, sometimes they go into that prevent defense. That's a great time for a draw or you know certain things. So that will dictate it. But to me, until until you hit desperation mode, and that's usually in the late third, early or mid fourth quarter. That's when you stick with it, in my opinion. So believe in the Arizona Cardinals. S. Smith, Javon Adams here. The defense. I think there's still some issues with the defense. Patrick Peterson comes back. That's not the elixir. That's not the the, the magic potion and all that stuff. We're not we're not crossing our arms like a genie and, and bobbing our head and all of a sudden everything is going to be fixed. <laughs> but does this allow just just throw it out there? Does this allow because now you have Patrick Peterson and then you have and you're able to move maybe a, a, a defensive back around a little bit? Does this mean we may be able to at least cover? some of these tight ends and maybe not have that be as much of a weakness. I'm just throwing it out. Oh, yeah, no, it's a great question. The, the, you know, the thing here is Patrick's going to want, he's going to bring back leadership, help some of these young uh, DBs uh, continue to develop. You know, the playing time they got for the first six games is more valuable than anything they can look at on film True. or do in practice. That's, you, can't, you can you can't talk about it all you yeah. want. But when you're in a game yeah. and you have the the stretch, it reminds me of playing the old NCAA football. Oh, yeah. You would be in a certain arena and all of a sudden you <laughs> and, and then the squiggly line that would happen that you would see. That's what it reminds me of. And then after a while, that squiggly line it becomes less and less pronounced because there's experience and there's confidence. Yeah, yeah, and that's what he's going to bring to the table for one. Um, and then you know the thing about it, like you said, he's not going to be. He's not the elixir. He's not the fix at all. What he does bring to the table in his all it's going to be interesting to see how they utilize him. Lockdown corner that stays on one side or follows the number one receiver that he's tagged to. Follow him all over the place. What that does now, it frees up maybe instead of having a double team on the back end or, you know, shift. And do, now you can 
leave more guys in the box to either stop the run or to get a little more, uh, I guess, creative with your zone coverages or man coverage with a shell over the top of it, meaning okay. they cover two man or, you know, there's different versions of all that stuff. So yeah. that's the thing he'll bring to the table. As far as a tight end, though, man, you know, golly. No, <laughs> wow. Just wow. You know, you're talking about what Hooper might do? Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm still trying to figure that out. Like, what is the – like, you would think, okay, man, we're going to get getting killed here, right? So, let's really concentrate on covering this dude. And if we have to roll some coverages to maybe double a tight end or, you know. But then, I, you know, the, the bad part about that, you know, you got Hulu on the outside. Really nice and new. Yeah. That's why it's even more surprising to me that the Falcons came in here late in May. Yeah. But. And, they, mean, and, they, and Julio didn't necessarily, I mean, I'm, what he got, he got his 100 yards, but it's not as if he balled out like yeah. that. When you would think that, oh, man, somebody's going to be shaking in their, shaking in their, in their cleats. So that wasn't necessarily the case. So I want to transition to talk about this. So the next game coming up, they're going to be on the road going to New York, going to play the New York Giants. Now, what's what's interesting is that, so when you look at New York, New York played, the, uh, they've lost two in a row. So they're coming in on a two-game losing streak. They're two and four on the season. Daniel Jones is now is the quarterback. There, there are a lot of holes on that New York, on the New York team. So I'm looking at that as I'm talking here. I'm looking at this. So Saquon Barkley, he's going to be out. Well, he's out right now, so his, his practice status is limited as of this part right now because of that ankle. So I'm just, how do you see this playing out? I this because of the way that at least they performed the last couple of weeks. I am a little bit more cautiously optimistic when it comes to the Cardinals and their ability to maybe go in here and maybe come out with a W. I, I, I wonder if that if they're penchant for for giving up leads will come back to bite them because they're still a growing team and they still have so many deficiencies as well. How do you see this game playing out? You know, it's really, you know, earlier I stated all wins aren't created equal. And I will also say all losses aren't created equal as well. And and watching uh, the Giants, uh, obviously this past Thursday, they took it on the chin, but who did they play? They played the the New England Patriots. 35 to 14, and we were watching that. And it was close to the neutral zone. And they get it. That third, the middle of the third and the fourth quarter, it just got away from them. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. So, you know, in saying that, the Giants, they really feel pretty good right now in terms of not record-wise at two and four. But if you can say right now at this point, just like we can out here to a certain degree, I guess the jury will really, if Kyle Murray continues to play the way he does and they get better and better, we'll, we'll see. But if you're the New York Giants, you all these years with Eli Manning, then you go out and you get this Daniel Jones, and he looks. And once again, I'll, I'll go to the fact it's not all about the numbers. Okay. It's about the poise, how he looks. Because the numbers can tell a lot of different they stories. Different we, can tell, we can put numbers to make it tell a lot of different stories. Yeah. So it's, it's about often the eyeball test and how they perform oh, in certain situations. What does it look like? I mean, <laughs> I'm telling you. I feel what it looked like. I feel I mean, it. He looks the part. And which is, you know, if you're a Giants fan, like I said, I don't care how many wins you get this year, but if you're like, we're taking some hits with the injuries. We got some more pieces when we come back. When we get this all put together, this is a long night. And I'm thinking they're thinking like that. When so even though like I said they're two and four, I don't kind of look. I don't look at them as a two and fourteen. With that being said, okay. Cardinals coming in, man, there's a couple things you better do. Okay, one, you better, in my opinion, continue to be as balanced as you can with the ball. Okay, I continue to run the ball. Yes. 
got to take care of the tight end on the other side of the ball. I'm giving you, I'm not giving you, I'm giving you numbers on, you know, you got to stop tight end and Ingram. Well, if I, if, <laughs> if I had one of my fancy teams, what? okay. Why? The next Why? thing, which has been an issue and it will continue to be for a little bit, I think, because of some of the things we pointed out about it, we've got to score in the red zone. Yeah. I'm yeah. still, you know, we, we, we had a decent game this past game, but still look at the overall numbers, and if you're going on the road, you can't score field goals. So, to that point, the, the uh, New York Giants, they're 53% in the red zone, so uh, eight touchdowns on uh, 15 attempts. So they're, and so when and they let their opponents uh, are 52% in the red okay. zone, 12 touchdowns, red zone touchdowns on 23 attempts. And if we look at the Arizona Cardinals, then let me see here, let me get to this here on the red zone stats. Bear with me here, folks, as I'm scrolling through. Let's see, where do we got here? What do we got here? Okay, so the Cardinals. Thirty-seven point five percent in the red zone. Damn. Damn. Sorry, sorry, y'all. I had to just say that. I had to say it, just like I'm Florida Evans. So, and they're allowing fifty-four percent in the red zone in terms of uh, when it when it comes to their opponents. So, yeah, something has to give here. Something has to give, and like I said, I think. They'll continue to adjust. We'll have to look at their play calling. And maybe one of these days we'll sit down and do a, a true film study. Just me and you. Turn the lights on. I can learn a, little, a lot you from know, you. I got my little clicker film. with the red dot on it. I, I'll walk you through some stuff. Man. Walk me through, playboy. That's all good. In return, you got to take me into the microphone master's uh, dungeon. So Ooh, I can, yeah. I'll have you on the show. Before you know, we're going to be talking about stuff you didn't even know you was going to talk about. That's what's up. But yeah, no, you know, this, this is going to be, for me, this is a true barometer. I think I used the right yes, word. Yes, In terms of, okay, we, we can put the Bengals and Falcons behind it. Yes. If they go to New York and play really well and come over with a victory, then I'm going to be shifting. Not to the middle. I'm still a little far to the, but I'll shift my concern about Kingsbury and my concerns about Kyler yeah. and some of the things we've always talked about in this defense they'll start to shift a little bit because this is a game, a true game going on the road, playing an opponent that plays in a tough division. So they've had some tough games already. You know, like I say, no shame in losing the win. So if we go over there this week, put up a fight, and then the other thing is utilize all our pieces, meaning get David involved early with the run, yes. not just in the passing game. You know, Tech Kyler, continue to do that, especially, especially tough on the road. Get into the red zone. Score touchdowns, not field goals. Right. Then I'll start to believe that Maybe we're not too far off the road. Maybe we're, you know, we took a little detour, got to go use some of the services in the, in the woods, and now we're getting back off the gravel, getting back onto the pavement. So here's a, a couple of things that that coming up. So we get through this game right here. And so I, I was also by uh, on Thanksgiving, not Thanksgiving, but on Halloween, they'll be back playing in, in the comforts and the friendly confines. Well, that's the Thursday night game, isn't it? I believe Thursday so. Night, yeah. Yes, it is. So what's going to be interesting is that so they have get through the Giants and the the amount of confidence that will come if they're able to pull this out and get to what three three and one three three and one three, three, yeah. and one and they'll have the New Orleans Saints. They'll have the San Francisco 49ers. 
if you win one of those two, I'm just saying. Yeah, yeah. I'm just saying yeah. if you win one of those two, but that's a that's a conversation for me. Because you know it's yeah. funny. Woo! It's funny how fast like the narrative all narrative always changes. Yeah. Like what two weeks ago or three, we were talking after the third loss, the 0-3-1. Yes. yes. And, and and I don't. I try not to talk it. I try to keep it. Yeah. Like, like listening to others. Yes, sir. That's where I'm always like because I've been listening about all this week. Like you know, yeah, we're. All we need to do is, yeah, if we can go three and three, we can go four, four and two, we can do this. He's like, I'm always looking at him like, mm. <laughs> <laughs> I ain't saying nothing after giving that look. So, yeah. like I said, that's why this game is crucial for me in terms of what I see. Yes. And then leading into, like you said, the schedule coming up. So, who you got in this one before we wrap this up? Who you got? Mm. I, man, I, I, know that, I know they're going to, when they went to Cincinnati, yeah. they ended up pulling that out, right? That was the Bengals. Why you gotta check me like that? Why you gotta check me like that? I would appreciate this. Oh, and five Bengals? Oh, yeah, continue. Yeah, that's true. Oh, and six, no? Yeah, something like that. Yeah, oh, and six. Okay, I got got to pull out. How about one point? One point victory for the Cardinals. Did you check the line on this one? I I haven't seen the line. I I try to talk to you right now. (laughs) (laughs) I'm talking. No, I'm I'm curious. Yeah, I got you. I am going to. Oh goodness! You know we're in car around here in bird game territory. I don't mind being wrong. I was wrong the last two weeks when it came to the Cardinals. That is cool. I love it. But I'm I'm just trying to be honest. Like trying to be honest. I'm just trying to keep. You know, young say, young kids say, I'm trying to keep a hundred. Yes, sir. So for me, victory, I think goes to the Giants. Um, we haven't put up much of a fight in terms of stopping tight ends. They got. Some of their weapons out right now. I think they have enough to spread it around and, you know, get into the 28, 30 range. For us, I see a struggle on the road, uh, hostile territory. You've never been to Meadowlands or whatever they call that thing now, MetLife. Man, I've been there several times, and it can get ugly up in there. So if they get the backing of the fans, offense doesn't ever get rolling. I'm looking at probably 30 to 17, something. Okay, it looks like what I see here is New York minus three over under 47.5. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I said it was okay. <laughs> I said it was okay. That's like me asking my grandmother. So I'm going to go ahead and go out to with my boys tonight. And uh, so you just tell my dad, I said, I'm going. Okay. <laughs> okay. Okay. Uh, okay. Uh, through that door, somebody going to snatch you up. <laughs> Like you said, though, I would love to be pleasantly surprised and proven wrong. So yes, indeed. Yeah. So on behalf of my partner Ed Easy Smith, I am Javon J. Levander. We do this every week, so tell a friend it is the Believe in the Arizona Cardinals podcast. So, like my partner always likes to say, till next week, be easy out there. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.